episode of the Biting Truth podcast is brought to you by IGA Supermarkets, where the locals matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Biting Truth podcast. This is a weekly podcast that aims to cut through all of the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. My name is Anna, and with me is Alex, and we are the dietitians and co-founders of The Biting Truth. So bloating has to be one of the most common complaints we hear. Everyone at some point experiences bloating, whether it's from overeating, maybe eating too fast, genetic reasons, or eating foods that don't really agree with your body. In this podcast, we're looking at what causes bloating, what you should and shouldn't eat, and how you can avoid or manage your bloating symptoms. Now, bloating isn't just one thing. It's actually a term used to describe a wide variety of abdominal sensations. Usually, it's associated with some sort of discomfort in the tummy, like that feeling you're going to burst or maybe tummy cramps. But people who experience bloating might also experience other symptoms like burping, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal swelling, excessive passing of gas. We're talking about farting here. Yes, in this episode, we're going to be talking all things poo, farting, cramping. (laughs) You're going to hear it all. So toilet talk central. We love it. And what you might find interesting is that people can experience these bloating symptoms at various areas in their digestive tract. Sometimes it's up higher in the stomach and sometimes it might be further along in the intestines. It can often also be a mixture of the two. And there are lots of different causes of bloating, which can make it a little bit complicated. It is actually really individualized. So until you actually know what is causing your bloating, then it is really hard to know how you can cure it. There is a genetic component, but it's also caused by, it can be caused by lots of other factors. Let's start by maybe discussing some of the main causes behind bloating. And probably one of the most common, um, and at le- in at least around a quarter of people who experience gloating, bloating, it's caused by the gut essentially being super sensitive to normal amounts of gas. So Our intestinal organs have nerves in their muscular walls, and these nerves are able to sense when the organ is stretched or distended, and it is this sensation of overstretching that the body essentially interprets as bloating. Yeah, so essentially if you had two different people with the same amount of gas in their bellies, one person can experience bloating while the other might not. And it's really just based on the sensitivity of different people's guts, which is so interesting. Yeah. And I feel like this happens in my household all the time. Like me and my partner, we'll have both have had dinner and we'll be lying on the couch and I will look like I'm four months pregnant or six months or whatever. Um, and he doesn't experience bloating at all where yeah, it, it is it is definitely very individualized. And usually a lot of people with IBS, so people who have irritable bowel syndrome, it's common for them to experience bloating. And that's because people with IBS have more nerves and that makes them more aware of the sensations happening in their guts, essentially. Um, So again, that's where I fall under. I have IBS and therefore I get bloating and all of those lovely um, symptoms that come with IBS. Um, So bloating is actually the most common symptom for people who do have IBS. Another common cause of bloating is constipation. So people can be constipated and not realize it because having fewer bowel movements than you normally do is just one symptom of constipation. You might be constipated even if you have regular bowel movements, but other symptoms of constipation could also be straining when you're starting or finishing a bowel movement, a poo that looks like rocks or pebbles, 
And also that feeling where you don't necessarily feel empty after doing a bowel movement. And constipation can contribute to abdominal pain and bloating. And also what's interesting is the longer your stool actually stays in your colon, the more time bacteria have to ferment what's in there. And that can contribute to more gas and more bloating. And that's why we often say as soon as you get the urge to go to the bathroom to do a number two, you really need to go. You don't want to hold on to a number two because that can then turn into constipation. And that can be really hard for people that, you know, when they might go away with a group of friends or they're on a holiday and they're trying to avoid, you know. Everything's out of whack a bit. Yeah. <laughs> weight gain is another common reason. So some studies have shown that gaining weight can increase your chances of experiencing bloating. Gastroparesis is another common cause. So that's a condition where your stomach takes a little bit longer to empty itself. And the result of that is often people with this condition experience bloating, nausea, and potentially even a bowel blockage. If you experience any gynecological issues, so something like endometriosis, this may also contribute to bloating. Yeah, a lot of my clients with endo will report um, symptoms of bloating. Um, And also at that time of the month when women are menstruating, you can often experience bloating. Yeah, I think all the ladies have been there before. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then there are certain conditions like celiac disease and lactose intolerance, which are also very well known to cause um, symptoms like bloating. Um, And finally, of course, diet. We haven't spoken about diet yet, but diet is, of course, a really, really common reason um, as to why a lot of people experience bloating. But it's really important to understand that it is not always diet. So a lot of people assume that if they experience bloating, they must be allergic or intolerant or it must be due to the diet they're having. But as we've just outlined now, there are actually lots of causes behind bloating. And so it's really about trying to talk to your doctor or a dietitian and figuring out what that is. And a lot of the time people actually feel bloated after a meal. It's not because of what they ate. It's because they ate too much. So one of the most common reasons people bloat is simply due to overeating. And this is probably particularly common if you go out to a restaurant or over to a friend's house and, you know, you might consume more than you normally would and then you leave, you know, with your your buttons undone. Yeah, and that really makes sense. You know, if you eat a lot, you're going to bloat. You're going to get that distension, exactly. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break now to mention our podcast sponsors and then we'll be back to share some of our tips when it comes to managing symptoms of bloating. IGA know the importance of local better than anyone because if fresh is what you're looking for, it has to be local. It's why they source delicious fresh produce from local suppliers wherever they can and why every supermarket is independently owned by local families. You'll find that the shelves are stacked with everything a local community needs and that each store is unique and tailored to their local community's taste. So if you're looking for a supermarket where locals matter, Pop into your local IGA today. Okay, so what can people do to manage bloating? I think the first place to start here is to just talk about getting proper digestion. So chewing your food well and eating slowly will really help to either manage or completely avoid bloating. And that's because chewing is the first stage of digestion. And we often forget this. We always think that, you know, it's our our stomachs and our intestines that do all the digesting for us. But as, as I just said, it's chewing that is the first stage. So if you don't chew your food well enough, 
That means that the particles that then go down your esophagus into your stomach and then into your intestines are slightly larger than they should be, which puts more pressure on your digestive organs and also can result in bloating. So please remember, if you want to avoid or reduce your symptoms of bloating, chew your food better. In fact, and I think we've said this before, on average, we want to be chewing our food 32 times. So when, you're, when you've got a mouthful in, it should take between 10 and 30, really, choose before you're swallowing. And so at your next meal, sit down and start to count because it's quite amazing. I think a lot of us are used to having, a, you know, you sort of swallow it back with a glass of water and you've chewed five times. That's not enough. And if you eat your meal slowly, that will also help to ensure that you don't overeat um, as, as your body has more time to register those hunger fullness signals. So chew your food well and slow down as a first sort of port of call when it comes to managing bloating. Yeah. And if you regularly experience bloating, then it's probably a good idea to try and eat smaller portions. So whilst it might work well for some people to eat three meals a day, you know, there's no reason why you might be better off having, say, six smaller meals if that helps you to manage your bloating. And also you really want to try eating or avoiding eating to the point of fullness. So as Anna, you just said, you know, if you eat slowly, that's going to help you to kind of register that fullness and not get to the end of a meal and be so full that you're uncomfortable. Yeah, like not feeling absolutely stuffed, like you need to take off all your clothing because you've <laughs> eaten too much food. And look, we've all been there before. Yeah, but even just putting your cutlery down halfway through the meal, taking a moment, you know, assessing where we're full, where, where, how we're feeling in terms of fullness. I think a lot of us probably grew up, you know, with that mentality of, you know, we've got to eat everything on our plate. But we're not encouraging you to waste food, but you, you I know, love that yeah. Japanese saying. What is it like? Eat, it's, is it hara hachibu? I always forget it. Sorry, that's probably not how it's pronounced. Alex, yeah, I don't know if you know that. But basically, it's just uh, like Japanese people have always learned to eat till you're 80% full, not till you're 100% stuffed and couldn't fit another you know, skerrick of food in you. So just try to sort of really slow down, pay attention to those hunger fullness signals and, and stop, as I said, when you're 80% done. Um, and then we also wanted to talk about swallowing air. So this is an interesting one and it's very normal for all of us to swallow some air when we eat. However, there are certain things that can cause us to swallow more air, which can then build up in our gastrointestinal tract and contribute to bloating in some people. So things like chewing gum or drinking through a straw can cause us to swallow more air. So we'd encourage you to avoid chewing gum and avoid drinking through a straw. And also when you eat really fast, you also gulp in more air when you're eating. So again, and just another reason why we need to slow down. Um, and then also trying not to eat too much salt or not adding salt to your meals. This is, this is quite a fascinating one, actually, I thought. Yeah, and it's in, something that we would encourage generally for health, but um, too much salt, whether it's adding salt to your meals for flavour or from pre-packaged processed foods can cause the body to retain water and therefore contribute to bloating. And this is why if you eat fast foods all the time, um, you know, you, you're more likely to experience bloating because they're so high in salt. And it probably explains why I feel a bit bloated after I devour a pack of salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> that could be one of the reasons. <laughs> all the salt in there. Now, okay, let's talk about fibre because I think when you're talking about bloating and if you've ever sort of Googled bloating, fibre is going to pop up. And fibre is a tricky one because as you know, Alex and I love fibre and we're always talking about fibre. But a high fibre diet can help some people, but it can worsen bloating in others. 
So some high fiber foods we know are consistently linked with bloating. So foods like cabbage and beans, like baked beans, chickpeas and things and lentils, we're all very familiar with the fact that these can make you feel a little bit gassy and a little bit bloating, bloated. And this doesn't mean that these foods are bad for you. They're not. It's just what happens when our gut bacteria ferment or break down these foods because they're really high in fiber. They can release gas as a result, which causes bloating and farting and all those uncomfortable symptoms. And that's why when you're eating these foods or if you're looking to introduce more fiber into your diet, we always say to go slow because yes, they're going to cause gas and bloating initially, but if you kind of slowly build up, then a lot of people are able to tolerate them without any of these symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. And for a lot of people, if they get bloated all the time from these foods, we will say, yeah, it's maybe best to cut them out, even though they might be healthy. I have a lot of clients that have cut things like onion and garlic out because it just makes them feel, look pregnant and feel awful uh, when they eat those foods. Um, And so also for a lot of clients who experience really debilitating bloating, so really regular and it's quite painful, I will also often trial them on a low FODMAP diet. um, And that essentially just involves reducing the intake of gas producing sugars like fructose and lactose because they are known to cause bloating. But a low FODMAP diet is not a long-term diet. So you always want to do it under supervision of a dietitian um, and because you want to essentially remove all the foods that could be causing bloating uh, and then we want to slowly add them back in and see if the symptoms return. If they return, we eliminate that food. But if they don't, we want to reintroduce those foods. Yeah, especially because most of those foods are really healthy foods. So we don't want to be cutting them out long-term. Well, exactly. That's the thing with bloating. It's not just unhealthy sort of overly processed foods that cause you to feel bloated. A lot of the time, it's a really healthy high fiber foods that, you know, we want them in your diet, ideally, if we can. Yeah. And so speaking of those healthy foods, eating too much fruit can be a cause of bloating. So again, we know fruit is really healthy, but eating too much fruit or too much fruit in one sitting can contribute to bloating. So for example, something like a fruit smoothie, well, that can be a great option. And Anna, I know you love that for brekkie, but sometimes, you know, we might be adding two or three serves of fruit, which can just be quite a lot in one go for a lot of people. And therefore that can contribute to bloating. Yeah. Especially because you have those two to three serves in about five minutes as you eat it. Um, (laughs) Not if we're eating slowly. And I think it's also something just to bear in mind, you know, if you, if you go to events and there's platters and things around, like I find when there's a platter, I can overconsume food really easily, like fruit, I mean, and that can then cause me to feel a bit bloated and uncomfortable at the event. So just go slowly there. And if you are someone who regularly experiences bloating, we usually say try not to have any more than one serve, which is equivalent to essentially one piece of fruit at any one time. So you can absolutely still enjoy your two pieces of fruit throughout the day, but just try to not have them at the same time. Then in in terms of managing bloating, we also just want to generally look after the health of our gut because, you know, changing the balance of gut bacteria may result in bloating. Um, We know that the health of our gut is hugely important and the population of the gut bacteria do play a really important role. So ideally, we want to be consuming foods that contain those probiotics, the living bacteria and the prebiotics, which is the food for the bacteria, which is the fiber. Now, a probiotic supplement might be worth investigating if you experience regular bloating. It's just the whole, I guess, topic of probiotic supplements is really complex because we don't yet fully know everything about it. Though I will say for people with IBS or for those whose bloating is mainly associated with constipation, 
the use of a probiotic supplement has been studied and has been shown to be quite effective. So particularly for people with IBS or bloating induced by constipation, I might, you know, recommend that you go out and and get a a probiotic supplement to to try and deal with that. Yeah, and I think the bottom line is that it could be worthwhile trialling, but there's not necessarily any guarantee that having a probiotic supplement is going to sort out your issues. Usually what we'll say to our clients is, maybe trial a probiotic supplement for, say, 30 days and be, you know, quite diligent with taking that supplement, not every second day or once or twice a week, <laughs> um, and then assess how you're feeling and, and, you know, is it actually making a difference? If it is, then it might be something that you continue. But if it's not, then then that's where maybe you speak to your doctor or dietitian and we can look at some other interventions. Um, regular exercise can also help people with bloating because it can improve abdominal warm muscle tone and it also helps the body to get rid of gas. And regular exercise also can help with symptoms like constipation, which then might be, you know, associated with that, that bloating. So it all sort of works very much together. Yeah, definitely. Um, also avoiding tight clothes. So, you know, I know most of the time we'll find ourselves in our gym gear, those tight gym tights and things, but a lot of the time they can actually put pressure on our gut and in our gut we have millions of nerves. So if these nerves are compacted with those tight clothes, then the nerves can get aggravated and as a result our body can sort of push back on them and that can cause bloating. Yeah, and look, if you wear jeans or tights and you don't experience any bloating, you don't need to change what you're doing. But if you do experience bloating and you find yourselves wearing exercise clothes all day or jeans or anything really tight, it's something that is worth considering because it can make quite a difference. You just swapped with some linen trousers (laughs) (laughs) with a loose waist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So another one is protein supplements. So it has been shown that consuming too many protein supplements can contribute to symptoms of bloating. So that's because protein supplements often contain sugar alcohols and they make their way to the lower part of the digestive system where our gut bacteria live um, and that can cause bloating. So again, if you experience bloating regularly, maybe try cutting back on your protein supplements and that might help relieve it a little bit. Um, And finally, peppermint oil is another solution that you could potentially look at. So peppermint oil contains a muscle relaxant, which essentially has a relaxing effect on your intestines. And that relaxation allows the trapped gas to pass, um, which helps to reduce bloating and other IBS symptoms. So another one to add to your list. You've got a nice, a few options here that you can try. And that's what it's really about. It's about trialing and testing different sort of interventions and seeing what works for you. And given bloating is such a common issue, you know, I'm sure all of us have said at some point in our lives that we're bloated or we've had friends that have said they're bloated. It can be really hard to know when you should actually seek help. Like when is it normal or when is it a problem? And yeah, and we would usually say if you experience it any more than once a week or if it's really, really impacting on your quality of life, then you should go and speak to a doctor or a dietitian. Yeah, and there's no harm in doing that either. Like if you're sort of on the edge and you're like, oh, I don't know whether I should go seek help, you probably should if you're questioning it. Um, it's worthwhile talking to someone and and maybe, you know, your symptoms might improve a little bit. And I think with bloating often it's like people have lived with symptoms for sometimes 5, 10, 15, 20 years and it just becomes part of their normal routine and they think, well, it's I've always had it. There's no way it's going to change. But I promise you, we see clients all the time that have lived with bloating for decades and there are absolutely lots of interventions and things we can look at to to try and relieve it. 
Okay, so I guess to wrap things up, some level of bloating is very, very normal and most people will experience bloating to a certain degree on a semi-regular basis. But if it's happening excessively frequently and it's severely impacting your quality of life, then we would definitely recommend recommend trying some of the tips that we've spoken about in today's podcast and also speaking to a dietitian or a doctor for some individualised support. Okay, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Biting Truth podcast by hosts Anna and Alex. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to support us by following our podcast, leaving us a review. We would really appreciate it. So that's it. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.